You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepy kingdom. time to open the crypt. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents the Creepy Kingdom Movie Crypt. Ahoy there, welcome yourself to the Creepy Kingdom Movie Crypt. I am James H. Carter II, your host, joined by Miss Roxy Tart. Hi! And we're back to give you the lowdown on what's new and creepy this week in the world of scripted entertainment. I don't know. (laughs) We're here to tell you about what's coming out this week. And since we're not going to the movie theaters, we are here to tell you what is streaming new. What is new streaming is, I don't know, dude, it's day 28 of quarantine. (laughs) These podcasts are just going to get crazier. <laughs> wackier and wackier. <laughs> uh, before we get into this week's feature, I do want to do a little caveat. If you listen to last week's show, and it, as we're saying, we're going to be doing new stuff and uh, keeping up with the new releases and giving you a preview r- r- and a rundown of all that stuff. Um, but uh, in some upcoming episodes, it are, are going to include a little bit of like a roundtable of some of the older not older, but, you know, not new release stuff. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Watching this movie actually it, uh, made me want to go back and watch a different movie that uh, I haven't talked to you yet about. But I really think it should be one where we go back, we watch it, and then we do like a roundtable discussion on it because I think it'll be really cool. What's the movie? Now that... Well, you'll, we'll talk about it later. Oh, we're not going to have this conversation this on the air. Okay. <laughs> 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 I have no idea what the movie is. <laughs> But um, with that and a few other uh, things we have um, in the works that are coming up to go along with our, uh, you know, our previews of the new releases that are uh, that are dropping. So it's going to get a little bit of both. And we even might have a little segment um, that uh, that Roxy does know what I'm talking about, because we just uh, started planning it yesterday that I think that you guys are going to be really excited about. And you're like, thanks for the vague tease. Right? Thanks for vague booking, James. Wow. That was so vague, even I'm not 100% sure what you're, you're talking like, what about. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I was there. What I'm trying to say is that what he's trying to say is, is that, you guys, we have some really, really cool stuff coming up that we're really excited about because since we've been quarantined, basically all we've been doing is having Skype meetings and organizing and planning new things and talking to our team and being super productive. So we're excited about it. And yeah, lots of excitement going on. Yep. We had lots of marketing meetings, uh, you know, and, um, accounting meetings and there's lots of spreadsheets and PowerPoints (laughs) (laughs) flying around all over the place. So Uh, my husband yesterday actually said the words, Oh my God, you're that person. Because we were in a meeting, and like I, 
had oh, like you use the phrase we'll, we'll circle back was that yeah the i used the phrase we'll table it or, oh, we'll table circle it, back yeah. or <laughs> something like that yeah and he's like oh it's cute when you use your hr voice <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's circle back to this week's uh, release that we're talking about uh, that's debuting on streaming as of uh, the day of release of this episode, April 10th. It is a brand new film titled We Summon the Darkness. I think this film is best summed up uh, by Variety author Owen Gelberman. He wrote my favorite byline for it. Mark Myers' 80s psycho-thriller about a trio of young metalhead vipers plays off the mythology of satanic heavy metal murders and pulls the bloody rug out from under it, too. That is that is the best description of this film. Right? <laughs> like, I don't think you can get any better than that. <laughs> Not in a summary, but we're going to get a little better in uh, to talking to you about this movie. Of course, this is spoiler-free. We want you guys to check it out and enjoy it. And this is particularly a film that... You, it's hard to talk about without spoilers, but I do have some notes. <laughs> it, uh, okay. First of all, I thought this movie was awesome. Like, and it, James, you were a hundred percent right. It's going to be so hard to talk about without spoilers. Maybe we'll do another one down the line where we can actually like really deep dive into it. Yeah, no, I, I think for sure. This is definitely one I would love to um, circle, circle back around and table. circle back around to <laughs> that. It's contagious. <laughs> I got to do the finger um, thing when I do it too. <laughs> no, you guys, this was a really, really fun movie and it's got, it's got twists and turns that you, you, it's like you, some of them I definitely saw coming from the beginning, but I still really loved it. Some of them I didn't see coming at all. Like it, it was just a lot of fun. I'm interested to see what you saw coming. <laughs> but uh, one of the um, one of the things I could say about this film, I mean, first of all, that I just loved it. I thought it was um, super high quality. I thought it was well written. I thought it was uh, the performances were incredible. And um, you know, one of the things that got us interested in even checking this film out was that uh, jackass star Johnny Knoxville has returned to the small screen. <laughs> um, well, that's, maybe that's what got you interested in checking it out. Well, I, mean, I, was, I said that was one of the things I was like, you know, just by, the, you know, we saw the cover, you know, we're like, okay, well, like, what's he got to do? But yeah, it's definitely something that got me interested to see. Uh, and, he, and he was playing a preacher particularly. So that was just like, okay, let's see what, what uh, he's been, what he's going to bring to the table. And um, his performance was excellent it was it uh, really was um one of the things when i first saw the poster um that i noticed was the lead is alexandra uh alexandra daddario yeah i think that's Um, how you pronounce name. where is she from i first of all i adore her i really really like her (laughs) um so i was excited about that she was in all the percy jackson movies she played um annabeth I missed every single Percy Jackson film. <laughs> and oh, she was also in the movie that I think that we should watch and talk about, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. She played the lead in that. She played Heather. Okay. I didn't and watch I that one. It... loved Texas Chainsaw 3D. It's probably Although, my favorite Chainsaw oh, movie. The, oh, wait. So that, oh, that's like the sequel to the, to the remakes. That's not oh, like It's the... like the sequel of the sequel of the sequel of the sequel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it like takes place in the future. No, it, it doesn't really, but, um, <laughs> but it, it is, it is very, very, very much down the line and a totally different story 
than the other Chainsaw movies. And I really liked it and I really liked her. And so when I saw that she was in this one, I was already excited for it. And her performance in this movie was so good. Like I just, I was, I was just eating it up. And like, there were some points where she's got a little bit of like a Frugia bulk, like Nancy from the craft Mm -hmm. going on. And it was just so good. Yeah, I mean, besides uh, Knoxville, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with anyone in this film. So, and uh, and I would just say every person that was in this, or every you know actor that was speaking on camera in this film, because our crowd scenes uh, was phenomenal. Like I just, I thought every every character was great. I thought the the performance was great. I, um, the character and then and, and just the writing I thought was excellent as well. I thought it was just a really tight, well written story, and I'm very critical of movies or films that involve um music culture Mm -hmm. because um typically those are very false representations of whatever culture (laughs) that it's uh trying to emulate written by somebody that doesn't really know anything about it so it's kind of a and it's usually for audiences that don't know anything about it either so most people won't care right um but one thing i will say about this film which was my immediate takeaway was that the discussions of music in this film was like intensely time period accurate. Right? <laughs> like it they was They were so good. <laughs> they were so detailed. And if you lived in this time period and you were part of this scene, these are conversations that you would have had. <laughs> like there was yeah, there was no BS uh in it cuz usually you hear like people talk about bands and movies and they're just they talk. They just say things that nobody would say, or you know, <laughs> like that. But it was like it was such a great beginning of the film because it really grounded, put it the film in, in a reality sense for me. That when things become a little unreal, um, it it made it more fun because I was it was so grounded <laughs> in reality. Yeah, at one point there's a line they're talking about bands like splitting up and and new members coming in and blah blah blah, and they're like, yeah, but if that hadn't happened with Dave Mustaine, we would have never gotten Megadeth or whatever it was, yeah. and it was just it was like it it, just, it felt like such a real conversation that you have heard before between these kind of people, like or you have had before. No, I've, I I know I've had. That. I mean, the, we will say the film takes place in 1988, so. which I didn't know. I knew two things about this movie. I knew it had to do with heavy metal, mm-hmm. but I didn't know like when, and I knew it had Johnny Knoxville in it. And then I knew it had like Alexander. Oh, but you but... didn't know that while you were watching the movie. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I mean, beforehand. Oh, I didn't know that before. Either. It just says it at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it comes in and it's like an eighties movie. And the, you know, this, the character Val's pulling out Aquanet and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, another one of the leads, so there's three female leads in this. And one, another one of them, Amy Forsythe, um, she was in Channel Zero, which we've talked about before. Um, yeah, and she was also that. in Hellfest. She was? Yeah, she played Natalie in Hellfest. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, Bev, well, the be darned. jean jacket. <laughs> right? Um yeah, I'm like, man, I know, I know her. Excellent from- prop work in Hellfest. <laughs> I liked Hellfest, okay? Oh, I, I know the prop maker. That's why I'm shooting shot at. That's all I'm saying about the film. Excellent prop work. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I knew I knew that she looked familiar. So I went and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, awesome. She was in 
Hellfest. And then um, the third girl, Val, um, she doesn't have like uh, Maddie Hansen. She doesn't have a whole lot like under her belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was in Twisted, which was a TV series that I watched a few episodes of. Um, and she was also in Grimm. And so I was like, oh, okay, right on. Oh, so this is like, so wait, we're just going, this is like, uh, you're like the demographic of this movie, is what you're saying. Because you, I know, must you be. know where all these people are from. And what they're on, and like, I, like <laughs> I must be. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Maddie, the girl who plays Val, she was also in um, uh, The Finder, which it was a spinoff from, um, remember, you know the show Bones? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it a spinoff of Bones? Oh, I think so. But anyways, it was called The Finder. It took place in Florida. It was a really, really good show. I hell of liked it. Um, and she was on that, too. So as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, wait, I, I really like recognize these people. So. Yeah. Um, but, well, that, but, I mean, I, 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 to yeah. me, it worked that I didn't, actually. I mean, I'm sure it would have been fine if I did. But I, I, you know, I really, you know, it's always more fun. You, you always get more in a horror movie when you don't know who the people are. Yeah. <laughs> but between, like, between recognizing the cat other than Johnny Knoxville between recognizing the cast, but not having like a super strong attachment to them, just like seeing them and thinking, Oh, I like these people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I, I had something there plus the music, plus the time period, plus the fact that it's about you know, Satanism and cults and whatnot. Yes. I am the complete demographic for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but with all, all that being said, having the familiar faces uh, that to you uh, normally they wouldn't, have such like accuracy detailed you know that, and that's what really makes this film quality like just with the band talk and also the food packaging like was very time appropriate like the twinkies were from the, the 80s twinkies. <laughs> the twinkies were so like prominently placed in so many different scenes it was awesome and also um the jolt cola Jolt. Yes. You could tell that the people that made this movie got their hands on these props and were like, we're going to put these in every scene that we possibly can, because this is awesome. I mean, it really adds like so much like va- like value to the film. Like, and it's probably, you know, you know, it's, it's the lowest costing thing there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just all those little touches I loved. I loved um, what's what's actually funny is uh, we talked about the music. And uh, uh, when we, and I, when I got to the end of the movie, I, I was reading the credits. And I was like, oh, I want to see the list of the music just to make notes. And there's like four songs in this movie. There's like barely any music. In right. <laughs> but you, you, it feels like it, it. There's like it just triggers memories of music that's not yeah. even in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it, it's weird because it, the music culture plays a big part in the movie, but music is not a big part of the movie so it's it's really interesting it's just the whole thing was really well done and i i will say one more thing about uh the actors in the movie um Mm -hmm. the one that plays the guy that plays ian one of the one of the uh guy leads uh his name's austin swift and i i don't know who he is i'd never seen him before but when i was looking at people on imdb to see what all they've been in he is like oh what was the description that you uh, from of him in the movie, Keegan had like the best description of his character in the movie. Um, Ian, and now I don't remember it, but he's not like the best looking guy. Okay, we'll just put it that way. Potato. A dumpy potato. Yeah, yes. A dumpy potato looking man. Yes. <laughs> Keegan. 
uh, well, well, to some people, he's very attractive. Yes, but Keegan <laughs> referred to him as as a dumpy potato, and it is so much his character and how he played him because Austin Swift is a good looking guy. Interesting. Like he is really good looking, and he just—I was shocked by like how well he played this character, um, or how well he played this part. Because it really felt real. It felt like a real person from that scene. I mean, I'd say out of anyone in the entire film, that was the character that I personally <laughs> related to the most. Right? Because he really did. He felt he felt so real. He felt like a guy that you would have been friends with back then. And I love that this incredibly attractive actor played him, but didn't make it a, you know... I'm a good looking guy and I know it, you know, type of thing. I guess it is refreshing that, that, uh, normally in another film and, you know, another, uh, that would try to do something like this, they would keep the pretty boy looking pretty. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, I would say to the other guys or one in particular was kind of the, uh, supposed to be the handsome. Yeah. He, he was definitely guy. Pretty yeah. boy with his mullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving to L.A. to be a star, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, the character design, the wardrobe. I mean, this is just the overall super high-quality film. Like, we're not getting paid to say this. <laughs> I'm just, I was just really impressed <laughs> with, the, yeah. with this film. Um, one thing I, um, uh, I could say, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler. <laughs> And, but this is something I'd love to dive deeper in. It's a very controversial uh, topic when we do our, um, our roundtable, <laughs> a mm-hmm. spoiler film one. Is I love who the film portrays as the real villains. Me too. 100%. I, I, I didn't think we'd, you'd challenge me on that one. But <laughs> no. Um, and actually, uh, I, I figured it out super, super early on really? oh, in I, the movie. I totally didn't. And I would love to have that conversation with you. When yes, we the round and we table. will. Because <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, but there was definitely things that made me suspect. Uh, oh, I wanted to want to talk about it. Ugh. Anyways, you guys got to check this out. It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, really great use of uh, the song um, "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." You can only imagine how excited I got. When that song came on, I mean, I was already totally bought into this movie and then heaven is a place on earth. Came out, and I'm just like singing and like <laughs> super just into it. Did you notice that it was a cover though? That it wasn't Melinda Carlisle. Uh, I was singing too loud to notice anything like that. Yeah, it was actually, it was actually not the original song. I will say I have listened to that song very recently. <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> I love that song. It's it's on like normal rotation in one of my playlists. I wouldn't go that far with me, but I'm just saying I listened to it recently. <laughs> um, when I was making an 80s playlist and, was, and it had to make it on there. But um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, and another uh, little tidbit there. They, uh, one of the, the beginning of the movie, they're going to a concert to see a fictional band that is very well. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was you know Satan's like, Warriors or yeah, Lords of Satan or some something like that. <laughs> like which was uh, that was not a you know a real band. There was nothing real about the title or the people playing. But what was very 
real in that scene was that they were playing along. Wait, what are you going to say? Like, the audience, just the, the shots of the audience in that scene were so real. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it seemed like a real concert. I just meant that it wasn't a real band. Like that's not a band that exists. Uh, and and they also weren't playing because what they were literally doing was playing along to a song from uh, Merciful Fate, which was the band that uh, King Diamond uh, comes from. I mean, King Diamond has a very one of a kind voice. So I, I don't think that they were trying to fool anybody that, no. that listens to metal by the, having them <laughs> lip sync along to King Diamond. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but but I, that 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 the crowd scene though during it, I was I'm watching it and I'm like, I was there. I was literally there. I have been right there. Like wherever they were, whatever they were listening to, whatever they were on, I was like, I have been there. <laughs> they were on. They were, they were high on life, <laughs> Roxy. <laughs> well, who, didn't, who said they weren't? <laughs> um, they were drinking beers, James, Paps, to be exact. Thank you. Yeah, they, they were. It's... Oh, and straight shots of Jaeger. <laughs> well, that was their pre- Yeah, that, that, the, yeah, the pre gaming culture in that movie that that yeah. was that was a that was almost taken out of the the documentary Heavy Metal Parking Lot. If you've ever seen the documentary, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was heavily inspired <laughs> by the beginning of of this film. Um, trying to think, I thought one other non spoiler thing I wanted to say about it. Um, nope, <laughs> everything else is pretty spoilerific. <laughs> uh, but all that being said, I don't think that you have to be an 80s metal aficionado to enjoy this film. Um, it yeah. actually is not really – it is not what carries throughout the film. <laughs> no, it's only in the beginning of it. Yeah. So – but it was it's – a, it's a damn good movie. Yeah, and I would say uh, uh, Shannon – my girlfriend from Nightmare Conjuring's loved the film and she doesn't like any type of metal whatsoever. Uh, Keegan, my husband, also liked the film and he doesn't like, um, it, well, he's not really an 80s person. So. He doesn't like the 80s? I don't know. It, it, was, it was definitely not his like normal genre, but he really, really enjoyed it. Of the film? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's not really a comedy. Uh, I don't think there's anything that really made me laugh, but it, it just had a fun vibe to it, though. Yeah, it did. It was, and that's what it was. It's not that it was funny; it was fun. Yeah, I don't think I laughed at any at any point in this movie. <laughs> um, I know Keegan started laughing when I started belting out "Heaven is a place on Earth." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I wasn't singing it, so nobody laughed when I, when I was watching it. Sad. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to table this and circle back on it um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, also, if you want a deeper dive than what we're giving, um, we will have a written review coming out right now. By the yes, time this will. is out, <laughs> you can find it on creepykingdom.com. <laughs> uh, not written by us, this will be written by, uh, by Kayla. So she'll give you that deep analysis. Uh, spoiler alert for her, too, is that she loved the movie, too, and doesn't like metal. So, 
uh yeah i really uh, i really i was gonna say i'm really proud of this film like i made it no i'm proud to be getting the word out there about this film because um i think it's kind of below the radar and i'd like to yeah. see definitely think this is a good weekend pick especially when you're on lockdown hey what's up gang need to interject this is uh future james Shortly after we recorded this episode on April 9th, about four or five p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I got access to watch the film Trolls World Tour mere hours before it's available on On Demand the next day. I knew it was coming out. I had not seen the first Trolls movie. And um, prior to seeing Trolls World Tour, I did not think that it was something that the Creepy Kingdom audience would necessarily be interested in. Uh, I knew that there was kind of uh, just colorful, fluffy, fun thing. I didn't know. I just That's the kind of look of it. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know. But... I did watch Trolls World Tour, and I uh, just finished watching it, and I was completely wrong <laughs> about that because not only do I think that the not only did I just really enjoy the film, I really I've had a really fun time with it. Um, I also it really actually uh, was in theme with uh, <laughs> uh, the other film that we uh, discussed here. You know, we summoned the darkness. It's kind of a flip side of that because uh, the the plot of Trolls World Tour is that Trolls World is divided into uh, lands based on different musical genres that they all like to sing. <laughs> and um, there's a pop one, a country, a techno, funk, and a rock one. And the leader of the rock world, or the queen, or whatever title of of leadership they hold there essentially wants to get rid of all other forms of music and take over uh so everything's all rock and it is super even though the music they're playing is not like super metal or heavy or anything like that i mean it's just it's kind of hard rock stuff but the imagery of that there's just so so evil and so dark and it it's it's so much fun and uh, it's fun just uh, watching, uh, you know, the the clash of the different genres, and then it's it is a blast. I will say, um, if you you know we're not going to watch this film, you weren't interested, didn't see Trolls One. That's all the boat that I'm in. Uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out. So. This film was uh, originally planned for theatrical release to be uh, Universal's, uh, you know, spring um, animation release. It's uh, it's from DreamWorks Animation, and uh, you know, since theaters were shut down, that's all over. And so this is coming out on on demand, and this isn't. I'm I think this is the first major release to go straight to on demand. We had a handful of early digital releases come through, um, but 
yeah, I, I, I think this is it. So it's a lot of films have been pushed back. Some even canceled. Um, I talked about in an article I wrote last week about Disney announces a bunch of things being pushed back. And with that, a film supposed to come out this summer. Artemis Fowl is uh, now going to debut on Disney plus at an undetermined date, but which is, that's a whole other crazy thing. Cause that's uh that's just going to debut there and live there. Uh, but this is uh trolls world tour is uh, available for rental. I'm not sure um, how much that's going to be. I'd imagine it's probably more than regular rentals, but if you're looking for uh, something you know fun to watch, in addition <laughs> to we summon the darkness, definitely a different vibe. Uh, I would throw this in the mix. If you have kids, I would say this is a definite thing to to uh, to show them this weekend or whatever, or whenever you have a chance to to rent it and watch it because it's uh, it's it's a it's definitely one of those a lot of fun for uh, for the adults as well as the kids. Um, the other thing about this film as an adult, I guess to watch is like, it is truly bizarre imagery. Uh, we were sitting there watching this and it's like, wow, is it like this film is a fever dream. There's some wild, wild stuff uh, that you're looking at <laughs> in this film. Uh, Trolls world is uh, something I, I didn't know could go to these lengths of uh, bizarreness. <laughs> There's several times we're just watching this, like we're like, what are we even looking at? What is even happening right now? <laughs> oh boy! But I just wanted to interject since this is our weekly show. Uh, before seeing it, I was like, I didn't really know uh, this this would appeal to uh, Creepy Kingdom listeners, but I think there's a lot, a lot, a uh, lot of fun stuff here. <laughs> if you're, uh, you know, definitely. Seeing the uh, the metal evil trolls trying to take over all the other worlds is uh, is a whole lot of fun. So I recommend Trolls World Tour. I didn't think I would say that, but here we are. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, a little bit of a short one, but like I said, next week we'll have uh, some... Uh, not only preview what's coming, we'll also have some news uh, segments, a little roundtable action as well. I don't want to say what that is yet, but we can tell you what we'll be covering on next week's show for new releases. We're talking about streaming series. We have some cool stuff dropping. This brand new Queeby thing that everyone's talking about has a cool, awesome show done by uh, Sam Raimi. Evil Dead, Spider-Man trilogy, all that good stuff. <laughs> Fifty States of yeah. Fright, a show. I'm really excited to, yeah, to sh- check that one out. I love Sam Raimi. I'm super excited to check that out. Should be good. It's uh, explore stories based on urban legends from all around the United States of America. <laughs> Fifty States Yay. of Fright, and the glorious return of the television series, What We Do in the Shadows. Season two drops next week. We're going to be discussing that episode. (laughs) So until next time, let's close the crypt.
This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. Ha, ha, ha.